Yeah. I mean, human hands touch every bottle of tequila, you know? And somewhere along the lines, there is a bottle of tequila out there with like my hands on it. Welcome to Elixir of the Gods. This is Albert. We have an exciting new episode today. First of all, of course, my co-host Diego. Hello, Diego. Hey, Albert. Nice to see you again. <laughs> nice to see you. And we have a premiere. We have our first female guest in this show. Uh, it's Kate. Hello, Kate. Hello. Thanks for having me. Kate, I'm really bad with spelling names. And so maybe you can introduce yourself uh, with your full name and uh, what you do. And uh, I think we can already hint that today is going to be about tequila, right? Yes. <laughs> That's right. So my name is Kate Chavinsky. Unless I meet you in the U.S. where I'm from, and then I say Sherwinsky because that's how I grew up saying it. I've been here in Berlin for about six and a half years. Um, I've been in love with tequila for about twice that or more. My day job is in technology. I work for a green tech company in Schinnebag. But every second I'm not doing that, I'm just loving tequila. So <laughs> that's why I'm here to talk to you. Very good. And and Kate is a really nice transition from our November episode with uh, Don Guillermo, because uh, she did a trip actually to his place, to Fortaleza. Yes. And, uh, Don Guillermo was talking uh, during the show about the program they have over there. The bartender the, work program. The, yeah. Exactly, the bartender work program. He, he, he spoke about it like uh, proudly. And it's, it's really cool that so soon we could get somebody from that program to talk about it you know because what i find interesting there are many programs you know but I, what i find interesting is that a, a brand like fortaleza working together with other brands which arete and really respected good well done tequila brands are working together and showing it to i don't know everybody who wants to do it you know and is in love with the tequila industry yeah so for me full disclosure i'm not a bartender <laughs> um, oh, how did you sneak into the bartender program? You know, it was really, I mean, it's a real, it's a real honor, frankly, a privilege to go, um, period, for anyone, uh, but especially for me, um, simply because I have been a fangirl for quite some time, a Fortaleza, and, you know, I've got friends in the industry, and once in a while here in Berlin, I actually do help out some of our mutual friends um, with promotions for Mezcal. So in a way, I'm tangentially in the industry, but I'm constantly promoting the category of agave distillates. So because yeah, I see you every now and then yeah, in every event. Yeah, yeah. No, I always enjoy it. <laughs> see, see. see, we meet we, we meet me and Kate, we meet every now and then in different events that I have to attend and that she has to attend. That sometimes you you don't even have to sometimes I don't even have to exactly but sometimes you do <laughs> because sometimes I see you working too. Some other times yeah. I see you just enjoying but sometimes yeah. I see you working well, too, mean, behind the bar and I'm everything. I'm always enjoying and that's yeah, why yeah. I do it. So yeah. for me it's an opportunity in the spirits industry we talk about the title ambassador. Um I'm not paid to do anything, but I am a bit of an evangelist because really for me I mean it's been a personal hobby and also a personal journey because back when I first came in touch with 100% agave tequila, which way back then was actually like the defining characteristic. Exactly. Um, was in San Francisco um, in, let's say, in 2000, somewhere around 2006, 2005. Um, and I went to a place called Tommy's Mexican Restaurant, which Little did I know, it was just in my neighborhood in San Francisco out in the Richmond, which is on the far west side of the city. Nobody really ever goes there. And 
I happened to read an article in the paper that said, you know, Tommy's Mexican restaurant, Julio Bermejo. Did you know that this is the best tequila bar in the world? I was like, why no? I did not know that. And so (laughs) I was like, well, hey, why don't I go check it out? Give it a try, yeah. And I sat down in that bar and... Uh, Julio Bermejo is not necessarily, I think, somebody who's super known in Germany, but I came to find out that actually he's a fairly, I mean, he is extremely well known in the spirits industry, and he's been designated as um, the U.S. ambassador for the category of tequila uh, by the Mexican government. And, you know, you walk into his family's over 50-year-old restaurant in the Richmond, and you just get this welcome into this community and this family um, and you sit down at the bar and I sat down at the bar and he was there. And if you've ever met him, you know, he's constantly giving out swag. So he's constantly giving out t-shirts and whatever he can to get the message out there about Tommy's, the Tommy's margarita, which he invented and hundred percent agave and now family owned and yeah, operated tequila brands. And so he was sitting there frantically, frantically, frantically rolling these t-shirts and like really, really stressed out. And I was like, hey, can I help you? <laughs> and he looked at me and he got the smile and he was like, yes, yes, you can. And then after that, so we just became friends. Um, it's He's a bit of a friend with everyone. And I was just really fortunate enough to live in San Francisco for a while to re- be a regular at Tommy's. I remember the first time that I actually had a Fortaleza tequila because when you're there, he's like, just like everybody, you show up and you're like, oh, tequila. Mm. I had, you know, the worst experience. I mean, this is like 100% of the people say this, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and then, you know, they hear this probably a thousand times a night. And so they've got it down and they taste you through these things and they really show you something that opens your mind. And so that for me was really a game changer. Like the first time I know that there's like the adage from earlier in the show, it's like, Mescal, you don't find Mescal, Mescal finds you. And in that moment, when I met tequila, tequila really was a spirit that I, unlike any other that I had tasted and I really connected with. And I connected with the community there that Julio's built. And it really is a family. And so, yeah, I remember that's when I got to be an evangelist. Because he builds this loyalty. He literally has a loyalty program and he builds this loyalty and this following. And I totally, totally fell in love with the whole thing. So one of the things that happens when that happens to you is suddenly you need to tell everybody about it. And so I got in this hobby and every time I'd have friends over, I'd be like, you don't even know. (laughs) I got something to tell you about this thing that you thought you knew. Um, I didn't invite you to talk. I invite you because you need to know about this. Yeah, exactly. And so, which is really, I mean, selfishly, it's fun to do because it is really, it's extremely satisfying to watch people's reaction to something that they were completely close to before. I think you should, you should begin by doing this to now. us right now. <laughs> pour, let's pour some. Let, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's begin the, the so e- evangelization. This, yeah, so right now we're going to drink some Fortaleza Blanco, which is still my very favorite tequila. I love Blanco tequilas. They're the signature for any distillery, and they're the liquor, they're the spirit that really shows you what the raw material is about. Thank you for pouring, but I have the same thing with, in general with mezcal. My coworkers probably cannot hear me talking about mezcal anymore, because uh, when I'm in Munich, where our center is, there's a good bar, 
and I'm I'm trying to convince everybody to go to the bar with me, and they just they are so fed up with me like, trying to evangelize them. <laughs> <laughs> and I have no stakes in the bar. Uh, we've interviewed him actually, but uh, we haven't epi uh, published episode yet, which we hopefully gonna do soon. But uh, yeah, he's also like. Did true. you go this time you were there? I I went, but <clears throat> uh, Alex, yeah, he wasn't there. But he instructed his bartender, like, okay, Albert is coming. You got to give him this expression and this expression. Ah, awesome, <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah. That's amazing, man. See, this is the thing. I feel like I don't use the word family like lightly when I talk about agave because it really is when people know you in the agave world and you show up for the agave people, it really people are attached to it and they really feel ownership of it and it's they true, respond to it. Yeah. It's true. There's, there's not that many people. Uh, so you get to know everybody quite soon. Yeah. From the people that remain in the industry. Of course, there are new players and blah, blah, blah. But the, the people that are really there and stay there, they're not that many. No. I mean, outside Mexico, of course. Outside Mexico. In Mexico, there are many. Well, in the U.S., there are many, not as many, of course, but many now, too, which is a much larger market. But here in Germany, like, it's a rare breed. So, yeah. And also, yeah. I just went to London for work work and walked into Fam Bar, which is really great, um, and just started chatting like I do at every single bar about mezcal and tequila. And they said, oh, well, you need to meet Meg's. And she came over and she was like, hey, I hear you're into tequila. I'm Max Miller. And I had this total, like, awe moment. I was like, oh, my God, you're Max Miller. I follow you on Instagram. <laughs> and so we ended up, yeah, going out the next night to a mescaleria there in London. And, yeah. Interesting? I mean, it, yeah. Uh, mescaleria? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really neat. Um, it's called Hacha or Acha. Okay. And yeah, they have a rotating menu of about a dozen agave spirits and they do a pairing with each. And actually, I had a Venenosa. What's it called? The green one? Is it Occidental? Costa, Costa Norte. Costa Norte. Thank you. Um, that they paired with Venenosa. It was the same Costa Norte in a glass, but with a little CBD oil in it. Okay. Yeah, and it was delicious, and it was so it, like the pairing was so nice, so nice, so vegetal. Imagine. So yeah, go to Acha when you're in London, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Also, Fanbar. It, it, <laughs> it would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. We will put it on the, on our list. So we have yeah. a couple of bars now that we we can recommend. But no, I'm always so excited to spread the agave love for these things. Mm. Let's have it. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it now. Let's do it. Yeah, now. yeah. So cheers. So the smell in this room cheers. is already good because Kate poured like five minutes ago, and now finally. Honestly, I had already tried. I, 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 tried. <laughs> <laughs> I really love this one. Mm. So, uh, the 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 program. Yes. You were you went down to Mexico. Have had you been in Mexico before or? Yeah. So I've actually been to um, tequila. I think this was my fourth trip. Okay. Yeah, and so the first time um, was ten years ago. Okay. And visited many of the same distilleries and so i'd been i was already familiar with the production process itself okay but i it was more for me you know that just awakened my curiosity about what really what really it felt like you know to do these things to take okay. part in the real work and so yeah so i'd been there a few times and had 
through, you know, Los my Altos fandom. Too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To okay. Los Altos too. Okay. Um, I was very lucky. So actually it was my honeymoon. <laughs> we okay. chose to go to Tequila the first time 10 years ago. Awesome. On our honeymoon. Yeah, it was. And like at that time you could just really, I remember walking up to the big door on Arete's distillery yeah. and just knocking on it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come in. I was like, let me in there. I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> and it was so sweet. I mean, they really, they, they just opened the door and they were like, hey. And I was like, hi. What do you want? Hola. <laughs> <laughs> in my like awful Spanish. But, you know, they were like, you're here, like, you're here on your honeymoon and you just came to tequila and you want to taste our stuff? And they were like, yeah, come on in. And so they just like grabbed one of the managers in the plant who didn't really speak English and so I used my like baby Spanish and we spent a couple hours and he took us to the tasting room across the street and just spent forever with us. That's his name's nice. Chaba. Yeah, his name's Chaba. I still remember and I remember his face. And then it got to the point where it was like so long that somebody came from the distillery and they were like, dude, are you gonna get back to work? <laughs> and he was like, Oh yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, for him it was amazing. It was like, Yeah, okay, man, I'm gonna I'm not gonna work today. <laughs> I know, I'm just gonna chill and laugh with these goofy people. And then so it was super poetic because almost ten years exactly later, I was staying in the apartment above the tasting room at Arete across the street oh, from okay. their distillery and my window looked out on their distillery. And yeah, it was this really lovely sort of full circle. All right, all right. Yeah. And how, how, then how did you get to the program? Mm. Through? I mean, I had heard of it just through being in contact. I forget how specifically I heard of it, but I remember okay. just being in contact with the Fortaleza people, probably from Stefano's Instagram. Okay. And what really, really hooked me were was the opportunity to get out in the field um, because... My first visit that 10 years ago, I went to Fortaleza when it was still like kind of baby Fortaleza. Yeah, yeah. No, and Fortaleza, no, it was Los Abuelos still. I mean, it still is in Mexico, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but they didn't have the name for the US yet. How, how uh, they yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. I, when I met Fortaleza, it was Fortaleza. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. okay. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, I have pictures from my honeymoon of me standing like pretending to push the tahona. Um, <laughs> okay. Somewhere along the lines, I got to know about this program. And then Fiona and I met uh, about a year and change ago at uh, Tentacion, actually. And we're chatting and we were like, you love agave? I love agave. And we just had this like love fest. And then because she is a bartender in town, I think, I forget if I mentioned it to her, or she already knew, but I was like, you know, this program's amazing, you should do it. And she was like, you should do it with me. And I was like, I don't know if I can. And she brilliantly, she was like, well, just ask. <laughs> and I was like, oh, right. Yeah, and so I did, and Stefano very nicely told me that I could go, and so that was yeah, because there is a, there is he mentioned this, don't yeah. he? he mentioned there is a the program for like you always everybody, can visit. everybody, exactly, can, everybody visit, can, and there is the the hardcore, not hardcore, it's not like a boot camp, but it's a much deeper program for the for the bartenders, which is cool that you got accepted. Yes, and uh, you were mentioning the fields. Yeah. So what what all did you do actually? Exactly. Yeah. So. What, yeah. In general, this is the format for everybody. So they pick you up in Guadalajara on Sunday, and Monday morning you wake up anywhere between like five and six a.m. and they pick you up at the apartment, and you drive out. And blessedly, Stefano made us coffee at the distillery because if he hadn't, like I would have died. But yeah, and then they take you out to the fields, and so um, everybody who participates in the program spends that Monday morning out with a crew. And so a crew, it doesn't, it's not always the same crew. 
And in our case, uh, it was, <laughs> this was a really funny story, because we were there in September, late September, which is the very, very end of the rainy season. And actually, mo- almost nobody was harvesting agave because the plants are so full of water yeah, yeah. that, yeah, the, the sugars are just really low. So uh, they really hustled to find us a crew to go out with. And when we were driving out and, you know, it was dawn and, you know, there's this beautiful blue light and the mist and you're looking at, you know, the the mountain, you're in the valley and you're looking out in the mountains and it's super romantic. And there are just like rows and rows of agave as far as I can see. And it's just really, yeah, it's just a stunning place. And it is, so, it is. It's, it's, I think it's world heritage. The scenario of tequila, or? yeah, the scenario, the, the the views of tequila. I think it's by UNESCO. It's like a world heritage, like in intangible world heritage. You know, mm-hmm. like I think it has that. It's it, yeah. it's a, it's like the sea, man. It's like it's yeah. blue and that there is when when you are in front of one plant, you don't understand why they call it blue agave. But when you see it like in that dimension, it's like you're looking at a lake. It's like amazing. You understand why it's called blue agave. You know, mm. of course, it's kind of blue, but there it's blue. Mm. especially in the contrast to the soil yeah it's hard to describe i just get, i get goosebumps thinking mm. about it um and i always do every time i get there i'm always like where are the plants where are the plants because that's where it that's where it all comes from that's what makes the spirit so special so so how did you get to a field where they were actually harvesting when you said it wasn't yeah. optimal so stefano um hustled and found the brother of one of their crew members, friends who knew somebody on a crew who was going to be harvesting this day. And so we actually did know whose fields we were going to. Stefano at the distillery, we picked up um, one of his workers, Belente, who I think is a one of the senior humidors, I think, for Fortaleza. Belente was awesome. He really took good care of us. He was like our personal agave harvesting coach. And we drove and drove and drove for 45 minutes or so. And I'm not even kidding you. So we're in the middle of this completely romantic landscape and like rolling hills and the blue sea of blue agave, blah, blah, blah. And I, Stefano chuckles and I was like, what? He was like, look at what's on the side of the barn where we're pulling up. And I shit you not, it was the Sierra logo. <laughs> and Yona and I were like, what? <laughs> they are the ones harvesting. No kidding. Yeah. But listen, That And so, of course, there was a lot of, like, laughing about that. And so that, honestly, at first I was like, really? Really? But then, at the end of the day, I'm so glad it happened because it was extremely humbling. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, even if it's only 51% agave, that 51% is harvested the damn same way. There are a crew of people there... Busting their asses, like getting their blisters. And and so that to me, it's like we have such a privileged position Mm. on. Or the harvesting is done the same way, you know? Yeah. That part is is done exactly the same way as every other tequila. That, that, it's undeniable. Maybe it's done in the rainy season, which is not good, but they need to produce because they sell a lot. So, yes. But the technical part of the, the, the harvesting is exactly the same in that situation for every tequila. Yeah. There, there is no machines. Mm. not yet but there's no machines to harvest tequila you need mm. to do it by hand so, so you yeah. said it was humbling for you to to see that and actually say okay it's a very very big brand but that process is is kind of the same right yeah i mean human hands touch every bottle of tequila mm. you know and somewhere along the lines there is a bottle of tequila out there with like my hands on it yeah but True. um 
but yeah, I mean, that's something that really, I mean, no pun intended, brought me down to earth because I, we talk about how these are luxury products and they really are, but also we dehumanize them a bit. You know, people look, and that's the point of the bartender work program. We look at these bottles and we see liquid. But what I picked up along the way, I mean, that was just day number one. What I really picked up along the way is something that I was intellectually aware of, but physically experiencing it really drove it home just that it's not just the physical labor, but it's also the generational knowledge and the generational labor and experience. Of course. That goes into every single bottle of this of stuff. Of course. Mm. And yep. so, yeah, we talk about the longevity of the plants, which also makes a huge difference in the spirit and the terroir that it soaks up. But yeah, hearing five days in tequila with the owners, the you know owners whose families have owned these things and operated these things for generations, talk about it. I mean, it just seeps through in every word they say. In yeah, a way, yeah, they, 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 in a way that like it's in their blood. <laughs> yeah. It's in their blood, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's not just the family; like it's the town too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the entire town is dependent upon 100%. this. And you know, I was in La Cata, which is a really, I mean, phenomenal tequila mezcal bar in tequila itself. Chatting with the bartender Isis or Isis. And she was telling me about how sometimes when locals come in, they'll be relating stories and they have anecdotes based on tequila families. We're very distanced from what's in these the delicious bottles, but yeah, there's a whole, there really is a whole culture in these things. Yeah, there is. There is. Yeah. We could, we, we, we could address. I mean, and sorry, when I say we, I mean like white consumers from like the States no, and from Europe. See, so. see, you're right, exactly. Yeah. There are many there are many factors that are not addressed nowadays about the 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 liquid, as you said, which are first the, the human hands behind. Nobody sees that. I mean if you ask for a margarita even less, you know, for it's like a like even the color and everything, you you don't feel the human hands behind. But also other subjects like getting drunk. You know, we're only Oh, this is so sophisticated. I see. I feel some tobacco and some dark chocolate notes. And wait, get drunk with it. Taste <laughs> the quality. That's true too, Albert. This, yeah. These are perks to get drunk. And nowadays, it's like I'm I'm gonna have one of this, and yeah, I really love it. But but if you ask somebody from 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 like a, a maestro destilero, they tell you get drunk, mm. try the product, like really try it, and then you tell me the quality because you cannot try the. It's impossible to know the quality only by the notes, you know. I mm -hmm. mean, you can you can feel some, yeah. but it's it's complicated. The quality is felt when you get drunk, and then the next morning you wake up and you say, "I'm all right." Mm. Yes. And then you say, "This was some good, goddamn good alcohol, man." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And no, I mean, and that's, that's another subject so that nobody addresses, you know, because yeah. it's like it's true. So when like whenever I try to educate or just like open people's minds about agave spirits. I always talk about that, and people don't believe you. And it's like, well, let's find out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. But they no are. Other way to convince, you, but it's it, so yeah. I if mean, you like, drink tequila and water, the next morning you're gonna be fine. Yeah. If you if if you mix it, hundred percent agave. See, no, no, I, of course, see, see. And, or, and I think see. that's the problem because, like, uh, true, we are socialized, true, true, especially true. in in Europe. I mean, there's one tequila brand we just named it uh, before. Mm. And people have a lot of bad experiences with true with with that. So because if you drink that stuff all night and you mix it and and the next day you're probably not gonna be fine. But if you have a good good tequila, 
that if we finish this bottle we have in front with several mm -hmm. jars of water, I we'll be fine tomorrow. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. I am living proof of that. <laughs> <laughs> See, for for real, it's yeah. Some 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 subject subjects should be addressed too, and and yeah, the human hands, the quality of the product, mm. yeah. the ingesting it, yeah. No, so, it's sorry, it's I interrupted you for this, but uh, you were saying, Kate, about the. So you were on the fields? On the fields. And then yeah. what else is the, the program about? Oh, wait. But before we move away from the fields, okay. I brought something. Ah, very good. Oh. So, I mean, these family brands... Nakoa? Yeah. How did you bring that from over there? Ah, you... Ah, okay. So good. Ah. It was my, it's like my diploma <laughs> from graduate. They give you one? Yeah. It's an amazing detail, I have to say. That's really, Obviously. really special. Honestly, honestly, and I have tried to bring away. one, but it's like it's like bringing a razor, man. It's you. So what? What's what's that all about? <laughs> oh, so here, let me take it out. Ooh. So this thing, <laughs> they um. Okay, so there's a little video that I have that I can show you. Of course, it's the radio. Sorry, everyone. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> we, we we can post a little video on the on the on the website, on the website there, nice. and they can see it. Yeah. yeah. So ACOA is the tool that Hemadors who harvest harvest blue agave products. Um, well, and, and many others. You know, so I'm assuming I'm assuming everybody uses some kind of COA, but I didn't. I've not been. There's to... machete and nacha. They, okay, they, yeah. They use some, it depends. But okay. COA, I think COA is also standardized. They use it in Durango and they use it in several okay, parts. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, not good. only in tequila. Yeah. All right. Cool. So. So this is a harvesting tool for agave, as you said. Please feel how heavy it is. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's like the end of a shovel. Uh, really, really heavy. Probably like yeah. three, four kilos. Yeah, I would yeah. say. No, yeah, and yeah. I, we were so excited to get these. And my first thought was, oh, God, there goes my luggage weight limit. For sure. <laughs> for sure, man. Because they also gave us several bottles. This, this Albert, <laughs> uh goes with a huge stick. stick yeah. 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 Here? yeah. So they... You saw you, you saw the the picture I posted in. There's you can see the himador. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. energy you require to move this, like because you you don't do it five times and it's done. You have to do it like five hundred times and it's done. You, for one piña, you know, yeah. so that you could you you really. It's like a racer. Yeah. A, so yeah, so obviously mine is not sharp, right? Um, for obvious reasons. Mm. Uh, but. I mean, they so everybody. It's like being at the barber. They they all carry around yeah, these yeah. stones that they sharpen these things with, and so it's they are sharp in the extreme, like absolutely razor sharp to the point where. So Stefano Francavia, you you've met him. Yeah, right? yeah. He a few weeks before we got there was in the field, maybe on the program. I'm not sure. Showing somebody around, and he was standing next to someone with a koa, and it was right about at his shoulder height. And he was talking with his hands, oh, no. like you do, and just just nicked it. Mm -hmm. I mean, not like Blood. hard or anything. And he ended up with an enormous scar. Mm -hmm. And so when we were out in the fields, I, at one point, at, toward the end of the day, I was super tired. And I had my koa in my hand. And, and I just like... I didn't stumble, but I just kind of took an awkward step. And my, my face maybe got like... A foot away from it, and and Valente was just like, "I'll take that." And, he just, <laughs> and I was like, "Thank you." That's, I was caring for you. That's <laughs> he really nice. Was. Yeah, they really, they really any... took really good yeah. care of us. So, um, so yeah. But I know this one. This 
It's yeah. an amazing detail that they give you that. Uh, for real, I, I have tried to bring one, but I don't... You did, but th you also have this thing. So so this, what do the you call that in English? Right the protection. The, mm -hmm. the shaft. Shaft or shaft? Like for, no, it's like for a sword. Yeah. Sheath. 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 There you go. Sheath. Sheath. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, but anyway, so imagine just swinging this thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it took me... I don't even know. It took me and Fiona like for each piña like 25 minutes and they started it for us. So Belente would actually cut it from the ground and mm. get it a little started for us. And then it still took 25 minutes or so each. So over the course of a day, we each did five. And one of the people on the crew will easily do like 35. Wow. I mean, they go through, I think Belente said that one-handed his, one-handed, his record was two minutes. For one. Yeah. Wow. Man, that was fast. Yeah, I kind of wish I at the time I wish I would have asked him to prove it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would have really like so seen it, it, it frankly. It, it I don't doubt it. It, it, it might be exaggerated information you are saying. Well, it depends on the size of a piña. Yeah, of course. He, he, I mean there are piñas like uh the size of a of a football, you know? Yeah. And there are piñas like ton, like, like your, ton, your right? height, man, and, yeah. and even possibly yeah, your height higher. I'm two meters, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Albert <laughs> is big. Albert is big, yeah. So uh, Six foot seven for the American listeners. <laughs> but yeah. that's, I mean, they can be very different sizes. So two minutes for what size of a piña? For a, a standard? But uh, I mean, even still. Valente, please, big. if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> we want to see contact yeah. us. I mean, there's still like. In the video. <laughs> I mean, still, even like a quote unquote small one. So just so you know, to be on the record. Uh, all the agave that we were harvesting for that brand that day were minimum six and a half to seven years old. So they were like legit adult agave. Um, they weren't really like the pintos. Like I didn't see very much red mm. on the piña itself. But we actually tested the bricks, which I've only seen done like in a vineyard. And yeah, I mean, I think I forget what, you know, I don't know how many how much this will mean to people, but I think it was 28 bricks or 38 bricks. Um, but at, at any rate... Explain to me. I am i don't know what bricks are. Ah, so it's the sugar levels. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. So that's how you know something is right. Good question. Mm -hmm. um, that's how you know that you're going to get enough sugars from mm -hmm. the raw material in order to actually ferment. Okay. okay right? I mean, correct. I think exactly. that's, that's it. how I would that's sum it, it up. That's it. That's it. It's a level for sugars. Yeah. It's so, a metric for sugar, so yeah. that you know. Yeah. yeah. So in the field, like you scrape off a little bit from the piña and you put it in a Ziploc bag and then you put it in what looks kind of like a little um, microscope mm -hmm. and you point at the sun and then somehow, I don't know how this magic works, but somehow or another, you get the level of bricks. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. No. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, I totally went in cynical, um, but indeed... I don't know which line they were producing or what line they were harvesting for, but so yeah. So anyway, so we were there for a few hours and then we took a break and went actually. So a man named Andres, he was the head of the crew. I think maybe his family actually owned the land that we were harvesting on. He drove us around in all around. Oh my gosh, it was huge. It was enormous, this plot of land. And so, and then he drove, drove, drove us up to like a viewpoint where we had lunch, a little sandwich. And then what was cool was, From the viewpoint, actually, he pointed down and he was like, oh, look, there's a crew of the women. And so they actually employ crews of women in the fields that clear the ground around the plants. Yeah, got it. Okay. So they prepare the, the harvesting, the actual himador process. Or Yeah. 
So, so yeah, and so that got us going about a whole conversation about the role that women play in their. That's interesting. That's and, interesting. Yeah. I, 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 how how do you experience that the uh, role of women in in tequila? I was in a very rarefied experience, right? Like mm -hmm. I was a, a guest, mm -hmm. so I can't generalize what it's like to be a woman working in tequila, mm -hmm. right? So all I can say is what I've heard, yeah. which is that. Yes, there are indeed female crews. And Andres was saying that, I mean, they have, of course, an extremely large operation. And he was saying that actually there are certain roles that require a certain level of manual dexterity or whatever kind of skill that it seems women perform better than men. And so they actually actively recruit women for certain production roles, mm. I would say. Yeah. So, so yeah. I have a lot of follow-up questions about that, but time didn't allow. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I, I'm asking. I know you're an, you're an outsider, but as you know, uh, you probably have a different view than than Diego would and I would have because we live in our own little male bubble, and we we probably don't perceive some things that you know there are some some little details that you you immediately would like ah okay i understand this is working this way or this is good or this is bad so that's just that's just why i'm interested mm -hmm. it's uh, i know i'm ignorant in some ways and i'm just trying to to understand from somebody who has a different angle who looks at the world yeah. the, from a different angle yeah i totally appreciate that and also mirror mirror your concern about living in a bubble because you know i'm a fairly affluent white woman, an American, which also is a obviously like a whole international relations debacle. And so, yeah, I just want to be careful about like painting with a broad brush anybody yeah, yeah, anybody else's experience, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I will say so, and this is not going to be a popular thing to talk about, but I talk about it anyway. In the bar world, there was a big scandal that was breaking while we were in Mexico about Charles Schumann of Schumann's mm -hmm. in Munich, who had just gotten a major award, and then. An entire enormous conversation ensued about whether or not Charles Schumann had, by his treatment of women at his bar, sexist practices. And so it was interesting to me to be in this situation. It was Fiona and I, we were the two, we weren't the first women to participate in the program, but I think we were the first to go. You, they only allow two at a time. And so I think we were the first two women crew And it was obvious to me that they were taking extra care, mm -hmm. not changing our experience in any way, but just altering their habits or their behaviors. process. Not, no, 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 no. Not their behaviors, but the process Okay. to facilitate us being there. So okay. not every crew gets picked up at the doorstep mm -hmm. at six in the morning. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a 15 minute walk through an industrial part of the outskirts of Tequila. And at this time of year, it's dark and deserted. Mm. Okay. And so, not, mm. but not everybody would have gotten picked up, but they picked us up. Mm. And so, there's a difference there. There's a difference between saying, oh, it's not safe for women to do this. Therefore, we won't invite women to do this. Maybe there are concerns about safety that women have to think about. Mm -hmm. We're going to address that and make sure that we include them anyway mm -hmm. and take yeah. care yeah it's a good you know? I, yeah, i agree with you yeah it's, so there's it's a interesting they do that though yeah it's absolutely yeah. Mm. i mean i think they could know. just discard and say man it's it's dangerous let's yeah. not get in any trouble and or they can do a little extra effort and say dude let's just when the crew is a female crew <clears throat> let's just take 
these little safety Extra measures. Check. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm. Just in case, maybe nothing's going to happen, but just in case, we don't want this to be a mess, you know? Mm. So it's interesting that they're willing to take that little step ahead, you know? Yeah. 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 So you do notice things, right? And No, in Mexico yeah. it's dangerous. Um, yeah, I for mean, sure. Mexico, no, no, not yes. everywhere, and, 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 and I hate saying this because I'm, I'm from over there and every time I'm there I feel safe, but things can happen. And that's, I mean. <laughs> I guess we should have another drink, guys, right? See, si. I think so. <laughs> si, si, si. So the Blanco, um, the Fortaleza Blanco, before I forget, we used to call this our um, gateway tequila <laughs> because it was the one that we always, as soon as people were like, oh, I don't like tequila because the same reasons everybody else doesn't like tequila. I hear we were that like, all wait, the time. Man. But wait, just trust me on this. And then you give them a taste of the Fortaleza Blanca and they're like, this is what? good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is good. So, yeah. And then and then I it's all over. Like every time man. every time I'm 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 working with people in in this industry, I hear it at least once. I mean, when I'm when I'm mm -hmm. like giving tastings, I hear that at least once. You want to try? It? No, tequila. When I was 17, I and it's like <laughs> Think of all the <laughs> things you do when you're 17. So, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> do you like, never do any of those again? Exactly. Like, no. Dude, come here. Try some. Yeah. You raise that from yourself. Ooh, that's uh, when. So now Kate has grabbed a bottle, and uh, I saw Diego having chills when he saw that bottle. So we have to talk about this bottle a little bit, right? Cool. Well, I mean, actually, I feel like Diego, you actually speak with it, speak with much more passion about it. I can tell the story of how I came to it, but I think maybe you're the better one to no, explain the, why the it's exciting. Is, it, when I saw the bottle, I asked Kate. Uh, when because she said this is a what what was the word you used? This is a vintage herradura bottle. That's what you said. Yeah, and and, it's an and old, I asked it's her, a dusty bottle. Exactly, yeah. and I asked her when was it that you got this bottle because tequila herradura was sold in I'm not sure if 2007. I'm I'm I'm, I'm looking it up, but around those years, yeah. you know, 2007, 2010, and they were sold to a huge company. After that. The quality went. Was the liquid not the same. changes. And the liquid, liquid changes. But Herradura used to be like everybody looked up to Herradura. Mm. Everybody knew Herradura made amazing tequila. They had excellent recipes. They were always concerned. Uh, to their blanco was at 46, you know, mm. the, and, and it was not a blanco fuerte. That was their recipe for okay. blanco. Mm. I didn't so, know that. Yeah, yeah. It's still at 46. Herradura blanco is 46. Oh, I didn't the, know that. Okay. Because they bought the recipes, but their blanco uh -huh. was a strong one, you know? Mm. And, I mean, the reposados were also like where you wanted to go when you tried a reposado. So, uh, and it was family. And, uh, I don't know. I went to this to the to the hacienda where they did it before it was sold, and also beautiful hacienda where where, where yeah they, it is beautiful. Yeah. It's like the concept you have a, of an hacienda. It's that hacienda, you know, with the chapel and mm -hmm. the, the the central uh, hof in the center of the house and yeah. everything. Like it's a beautiful place. And when I went, the old distiller was not not anymore in use. They gave you the tour of the distillery, but you could see that that was not being used, you know? They yeah. they, they already produced a lot. Yeah, yeah. So they were producing somewhere else. But they had... The old distillery was right next to the house. Mm -hmm. So you could see how important for the family it was the production of tequila. It was... It, Herradura was an excellent brand. I still buy Herradura Blanco when I buy tequila sometimes. Mm. I, so that good. 
you know? Mm. And even though they have gone a bit down, in my opinion, a lot down in their juice, but Kate just brought something that, for real, this you cannot, you cannot get. Thank <laughs> you for bringing this. <laughs> I am so, so excited to have people to share it with that like, understand why I'm so excited <laughs> about it. So it is my pleasure. Oh. When, yeah. when did you go to the, to the Herradura Hacienda? So actually, that was my first visit to Tequila 10 years ago. And we rolled up in our um, van, and we were greeted by people with machine guns. <laughs> really? Yeah. In the Hacienda? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, up at the gate. And so, um, so yeah, that was my first impression of it. Mm -hmm. But other okay. than that, I mean, it was just, you know, <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Okay. And it is, I mean, definitely like a commercial place now. But even, I mean, even still, Reserva de la Familia is still beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful expression. Yeah, yeah. So, I took the, I right. took the freedom to... To start pouring. Why, thank you, sir. <laughs> Enough talking. Let's drink. And uh, um, the smell is amazing. It has... Uh, so it, I, I wanted to say that about the Fortaleza as well. It was like a very, very decent s smell filling the room. Like, like you know, just... See. Uh, and this one, you can tell it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a more... Yeah, more dominant, I would say. Salud. Salud, everyone. Salud. Yep. Yeah, it's really nice. See, no, it's extraordinary. Ah, oh, it's extraordinary. The finish is so nice. See, yeah. So I got this bottle probably two years ago in South San Francisco. One of the fun things that the like Tommy's crew does, and actually like lots of tequila people do, is go tequila hunting in random towns. And so South San Francisco, even though it's not random at all, I mean, it's a suburb of San Francisco, you can still roll into a lot of liquor stores along the highway and find just old stock of tequila, stuff that they've had like forever. And like we call them dusty bottles because they're just sitting there because nobody knows what they are. And so I walked in, I was with Julio that time. And we walked in and there was a whole roll of these and he got this smile on his face. <laughs> Oh, he was so excited. And he was like, Kate, ah. this looks really good. <laughs> he was trying to play it cool. Okay. But yeah, but ended up, I think he took all of them. And then I took one. Mm. All right. Now I wish I had one more because, hey, <laughs> it's delicious. But yeah. it's all right. All right. Yeah. And uh, the price was okay as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like price like typical Herodora because. Mm. It's just old. Yeah. It's but just it's old. not the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. it's not the same. Yeah. It's like collecting you know, vinyl, you know. you know, like if you have mm. that pressing mm. uh, from mm. that year, you know, that's yeah. that's the really expensive one, you know. It's funny, now that Pierre de Almas got sold, I called my friend in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Like when I found out, I called my friend and I told him, dude, go buy two bottles of Pierre de Almas Espadín for me, please, because the juice is going to change, you know. Mm. It's going to change. And it was, it is still, maybe the juice is still the same. I, I, I'm not sure it has changed, but Pierre de Almas was in my opinion, magnificent too. I mean, one of the best mezcales you could get. And it's going to change. And I'm already in the low half of the second bottle. So <laughs> so you you feel a little bit of, uh, how do you say, uh, grief? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Loss. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that, that's what tequila and mezcal are for, you know, to drink. That's, mm -hmm. I mean, mezcales, and again, let's erase the boundaries between Raisilla, Sotol, Mezcal, whatever. Mezcales in general are, are meant to be drunk. You know? mm. so, yeah. so, yeah, agreed. You should finish the bottles. Even if the, even if the last sip is like the last in the world, finish it, man. It's mm. 
That's what's for. Love it. Just uh huh. Just having it there, just yeah. to say, look what I have. Whatever, yeah. man. Just mm. drink it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's ephemeral. You know, it's like you said, it's not meant to last, and that's what makes it precious. Exactly. And sharing it with people that much more precious. So yeah. exactly. Yeah. Kate, what else? You didn't go only on the fields, right? So yes, that's right. Thank you for bringing it back around. So, um, typically, the progression would be Monday is the fields. Uh, Tuesday, you're very cruelly going to do even more hard labor, crushing the agave at Fortaleza with the tohona. Um, But when the tohona is electric, no? Uh, they have <laughs> they have kind of what is like an industrial segue. Okay, that they pull the tohono around like really slowly that like so as a person who works in a tech firm it was so incredibly frustrating for me because it's so inefficient but that's what makes it awesome so yeah so they have you know the pits and then they have the tohono i'm just speaking of the fortaleza distillery now and they have when i was there the first time they had a tractor um but now they have an electric kind of segue mm -hmm. thing that one person scoots around on while a crew of two to four people use like big pitchforks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Feed the, to, the rock. Yeah. So they, so they cook and then they throw it into an initial quick chop. Like it's not a shredder. It just mm. like breaks it up. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then that slides down into the pit and then they have, they do have a system. It's not total chaos in which they move the fibers from the center out to maximize the crushing and uh -huh. the amount of juice that's extracted. And so then they do that twice with the tohona. And then like you're in there in these huge like rubber boots like that you would go like fishing in, you know? Mm -hmm. And that shit is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just No, like, and the liquid the, and the liquid is uh yeah. acidic. You cannot nothing happens if some falls on your skin but if a lot falls on your skin or, or constantly falling yeah. it's, it's not good man it's gonna burn yeah mm. yeah also i mean yeah you're not supposed to if you're not used to it uh you're not really supposed to handle the agaves raw mm -hmm. um because then you'll also get like a terrible yeah, yeah. itchy reaction yeah, so yeah. it makes sense that the juice would be that too yeah, yeah they do two shifts a day producing And so you're just in there shoveling this extremely wet, extremely heavy, sticky, delicious smelling goo for four hours or so. <laughs> and then you pick it up, drain it, and then do it all again. That day was super great. I mean, we hung out with the crew. And the liquid go comes out uh, through gravity or do they? Yeah. Through gravity, right? Yeah. So there is a little hole in the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so there's a little channel. Normal. If yeah. you will. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I wanted to ask, but I, I imagine it, that's a normal, the common way. Yeah. So the liquid mm -hmm. is just constantly draining, the liquid you're doing through gravity, and then you have it in a different recipient where you can mm. then handle with this liquid and... Well, so what do you do with ferment. the uh, liquid? Do you you ferment everything, or so do you just ferment the liquid, or do you ferment? Uh, no, you need the the bagasso too. Well, well, no, Fortaleza doesn't use the bagasso for the for the mm -hmm. okay. for the fermentation. No, okay, and they use natural yeast. No, okay. You know what? Don't quote me on that. Okay. So when you say natural yeast, do you mean do they add that? any yeast? Yes. Okay. Let me verify that, but I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah, yeah. Normally they do, if right. especially if the if you're not using bagasso because the bagasso right. has bacteria, right, and helps course. a lot. Yeah. You know, normally they use bagasso. Sometimes they don't. Also, you have to add water. Mm -hmm. So normally the tanks are filled seventy mm -hmm. with 
liquid and bagasso and then a 30% water more or less that can change from the altitude the heat many things change but you need to add the water so that you feed the bacteria you know yeah they need it for the fermentation because the, it's so acidic the liquid is so acidic that maybe no bacteria could grow in it so mm. they they need to do this but it's not necessarily negative that they add yeast some mm. add yeast some don't it depends on the territory you are so I love it. Kate has a little notebook uh, on her side, so you can see that. And there are drawings and sketches and notes. So is that so? You took notes after every day and to to. Oh, remember? during yeah, these are my. You do you go through crushing day, and then the next day is distillation day, and these are my notes from distillation day. So yeah, I was trying desperately to make sense of it all, um, not being a, not being a native speaker, and I have to thank Fiona extremely publicly because she is a native Spanish speaker. And was so helpful and just very gracious with like keeping me in the loop about everything that was going on. So yeah, so these are my notes, um, lots of drawings, lots of how many pipones, how many liters, mm -hmm. how many days. I didn't write a note about the yeast, but I'm pretty sure it's proprietary yeast like, like most of the tequila producers use. Yeah. yeah, so. And so did you have blisters on your hands after the day? How, how, how did you handle it uh, from? That sucked. Yeah. Um, but you slept but well, I, I guess, right? You go oh, so <laughs> my back hurt. Okay. So, so yeah. I mean, they Stefano always post about it, and it's true. Like this is this is hard work this week, yeah. and so every day you're up between five and six in the morning, mm. and the first couple of days, you know, are very hard labor. And yeah, I was raw all over my hands from the day with the koa. And had just like this like crazy hodgepodge of bandages all over. <laughs> um, we actually lucked out because so typically, like I said, you would do the crushing the next day, which means more work with your hands. We got lucky because of travel schedules. We actually ended up hanging out with Sergio from Danfulano on Tuesday oh, okay. to do the blending mm. exercise and aging exercise. So, right. so we totally lucked out. We got a rest day on Tuesday. So I had a day to heal my hands uh, yeah. before we got back to the shovels. Yeah. Sergio, you might know from another episode we published uh, in October, I think. Yeah. We had Sergio Cache. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. No, he is a, a poet and a scientist and the agave whisperer and really just... Yeah. Cool I've only spoke with him yeah, for for forty five minutes, I think, and I could tell that he's a real like he knows a lot, man. The, and the way he he the words he finds for describing his passion is is you you said it right, it's poetic. So it's yeah. Uh, yeah. No. yeah, I mean, yeah, and and he yeah definitely has is extremely eloquent and yeah to use the word again poetic in the way he describes things and almost kind of professorial. Really just, we sat down to breakfast with him and he just dropped so much knowledge mm. <laughs> on us. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But again, it all comes from a place of generations and generations. True. Five that, in his case. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's not see, like see. He, he picked up all of that himself. No, 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 no. He has he, been hearing it all along. Exactly. Like, his whole it's life. In the, it's been in the air the poetic that he's been breathing. Is, the poetic is him. Him, yes. Yeah, yeah. The poetic Indeed. part is him, yeah. Yes. One day of rest. So one one day of, of field, one day of uh, tahona, one day of distillation. Yeah, and then you do the blending day mm -hmm. uh, with Sergio, and then uh, the blending thing. What do you do in the blending day? What's what's well. what's the activity? <laughs> so that day, um, 
We went over to the Donfalano Distillery, which okay. is, I mean, keep in mind, you can walk to all these places. It's a 10-minute walk yeah, yeah. Each, either way. And they have this beautiful bright orange building, and you can't miss it, uh, and a beautiful courtyard. And so Sergio uh, met us in the square. We had breakfast together. We talked about the history of his family, the different ages of agave, and then walked over to the distillery. And we were with him for an hour or so, just in the aging area, and he spoke nonstop <laughs> for an hour and I wish really I wish I had recorded him because my notes just do not do that experience justice mm. talking no, no, about of all of the all of the different aging experiments that his family can do because they're agave farmers and so they yeah they just have a different access to the raw material and they can do different things with timing mm. than other producers can and so that was the first part of that day and then the second part of that day we went into the lab which is really great and you sat down in the lab and you had, I forget, maybe 13 bottles in front of you from left to right, going from Blanco to extra, extra, extra Añejo. Okay. And they were just numbered, and they had uh, an ABV on them. And so your task was... The ABV is 40. No. So these were raw... Okay. Raw, un, okay. undiluted okay, okay, things. Okay, not for public. No, 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 no. Okay. And so it's still strength, let's say. Okay. You didn't know how long they had been aged. You could roughly tell based on their relative, on the okay. uh, their relative color. But but yeah. So your job was to blend your own tequila. Okay. Yeah, and so then and then you could play and with. Kate just took the white, the blanco, and took the bottle. Yeah, no, <laughs> this so is I my blend. Up, I thought about it. I thought about it. And so Fiona and I, we ended up at opposite ends of the spectrum. She went with this super rich, really okay, okay, um, okay. kind of. Yeah, super rich, super aged. So she went totally on that side of the spectrum. And I was like, why would I make anything but a Blanco? And so I ended up doing, um, yeah, so they're all very high proof. I mean, for tequila, I mean, some of them were, you know, up in the 60s. And yeah. And so not only are you mixing two tequilas together, but you're actually adjusting the flavor based on the ABV. And so there's I mean, it gives you a sense of just how incredibly complicated even blending two tequilas together would be. Of course, would be. of course. So I ended up with a Blanco. Blending and aging is... Science. I mean, science. science. And an art. And an art, yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, It's so, complicated. Yeah. I went to a... I, I, I mean, I, I love my my tequila and my mezcales and everything, but I, I, I'm also interested in, in other distills. And I went to a whiskey, how do you call it, like a workshop... And they were telling me that there are not many blenders, for example, in Scotland for... They told me they were 12 working for Johnny Walker and mm. how much they produce, man. 12. Only 12 blenders mm. work for Johnny Walker. All the rest... Those are the guys saying, which is the recipe? It's really complicated, you know? Oh, Being yeah. a blender, like having the capacity of making this judgment. It's interesting because in whiskey, that, that's, that has been happening for ages, you know? So mm. they are really masters of it so that's that's maybe whiskey's biggest advantage on other distills that they have really been blending for a long time and we have said more than once in this show that blanco is for many people the way to go so yeah right now if you want to go for the reposados and we don't have that much experience you know that's the thing mm -hmm. it's gonna get better in time but that i think you need 
a master just for that, you know? It's uh, oh, uh, yeah. and I mean a master's degree just to a uh, doctorate, you know, just to be a good blender and find the right way to create the juice from different barrels, mm -hmm. uh, ABVs, mm. uh, even plants. You could even age something not in tequila. You can only use right. one plant, but you could even age. I mean, something. potentially you could mess with altitudes, though. Exactly, microclimates yeah. and, even within the and ages of the and plants, ages as well, of the right? plants yeah. too. You, you can you can go from the plants that are not. I mean, of course, mature, but on the on the early stages of mature, like mm -hmm. uh, entrado. Or go for the sobremaduros and, you know, and make the blends from that too. Mm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Sorry, I think we didn't ask about the distillation day so too much. Was was, was there anything special you remember or was it just... I love that day. Yeah. I nerded out so hard on that day. I mean, that's why I drew all the pictures. Mm -hmm. um, in a way, so what was shocking to me was how lo-fi it was because i visited like scotch distilleries before and they have you know and i hey maybe the big industrial tequila producers also have these things but you know they've got computers and like dashboards and you know electronic sensors to mm. know when you know to do the cuts and blah 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 but when i was at fortaleza the they have two copper stills Uh, and they have them going at once. Mm. And he basically, I mean, they do the, what's it called? The barometer th things where they float to test the, 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 ABB. the ABB. Yeah, exactly. But basically he does it by smell and sight. Smell and sight? Yeah. Or he uses this, like this uh, tube made out of, it's like a bamboo. I don't remember that. No? No. Smell and sight? Yeah. He moves the bottle like this? No, 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 no. Like during the distillation process. Ah, 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 yeah. ah, ah. Okay, okay. So, okay, okay. so it makes one run through and you do the head, the cuts at a certain point. Okay. To get the heads and the tails. Yeah. And then you run that a second time through to get it to the proof you want. And he basically, I mean, he measures it just because he has to. And then he writes it on like a clipboard. <laughs> it just like writes it. He has really neat writing. That's his writing. Okay. Um, But really, he doesn't even need any of that stuff. He does it so much that he could really just for sure, for do sure, it for sure, by for timing. Sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Some so, people, some yeah. people, for real, some people can tell you they go like this. They shake the bottle. Yeah. 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 And and, and it, de it depends on 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 the the size of the bubbles uh -huh. that it creates, and then you can tell what's the ABV quite accurately. Not mm -hmm. maybe if they go, it's a 53. And it's a 52 or 51, you know, mm. but they go really close to the close, real, to close. Real ABV, And just yeah. by doing this, man, took, mm. and you see the bubbles, how long they last, how big they are. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is it the bigger the bubble, the higher the ABV? I don't remember how it how it works. I'm not I'm, I'm not sure how it works. Because yeah. so I've definitely, like, when I was in Guadalajara, I visited the Mesante uh, tasting room, and we did that, and it was super fun. Uh, I had the. Oh yeah, we've got the still strength here. Maybe it'll make a difference. Where is the, the? You have the. There's the blanco here. No, but the blanco fuerte. She had the blanco fuerte also. Oh well, I have the arete 101. This is. No, but the, we, this this we cannot see the. Barely. Yeah, but look at how long it lasts. The bubbles. Ah. You know. Up on top. Do it. Yeah. Do it on the on the. So we're shaking bottles here and... We'll and they don't last, you see? Oh, yeah, yeah. And look, here they, they last. Doesn't... It means this has, yeah. Yep. Here, I'll, for the listeners at home. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, shake your bottle. There you go. Shake, shake, shake your bottle. 
like a Polaroid <laughs> no, picture. No, no, if, if you... If you <laughs> I don't remember how it works. I, every time I see the exercise, I ask, what's the reasoning on that? What's the science behind? And they give me the answer, yeah. but I always forget what's the answer. Like big and, and lasting, I think it's higher alcohol. Yeah, I don't want to say something I'm, stupid. I, had, stupid. I, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I, had, I know, I had I'm very a, happy you know. to let the experts handle that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just had a puntas uh, earlier this week and I, I shook the bottle. And I noticed the bubbles were small, but they lasted very long. So they lasted on the, in not on the top, but they were in the liquid, and they lasted very long. So I don't know, maybe that's yeah, 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 for sure. We can the, do the internet exercise. can tell us yeah later. Yeah, yeah, the internet can tell us exactly. Yeah, check that on the internet. We, <laughs> we're not using it. We're <laughs> so uh, distillation. So you you had so much fun during the distillation. You said. Uh, yeah, I mean it's hard. I mean distillation is a really difficult thing to describe in a in a compelling way mm. because it's mechanical and it's routine. Mm. But when you're, so after we watched him go through the process, I think once mm. or twice, he was like, okay, this batch is yours. Oh, wow. And so Fiona and I were actually responsible for making sure that we got, yeah, the heads and the tails out at the right time that the ABV was right. So, so yeah, that was, you only really do, three actions mm -hmm. it's like you turn a level lever when it's time to cut heads you turn the lever when it's time to cut tails and then that's it but it's, it's like profoundly stressful <laughs> so and, and he wouldn't have let it let us fuck it up of course yeah. <laughs> and, and heads and tails is basically at the beginning of the distillation process is the heads and the, at the end it's the tails is that the the yeah is it Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. I was, I was yes, looking at my a, notes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> Albert. That, that's it. Heads, yeah. heads is the beginning and tails mm. is the end. Mm. It's and then it's, in between is the heart. It's a yeah, exactly. It's a mathematical. You can tell when 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 the heads are gone and you know when the when the tails are already coming up and you, both of those you do not use. You discard. Mm. Yeah. So, sometimes mean, when you speak about puntas here, and I have it has happened to me here in the Steel Berlin last year. Uh, I was talking about puntas, and and I was talking to a master distiller, and a very interesting conversation with this girl, and she was like, "No, but that you should discard." And I was like, "No, no, 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 no. Wait, no. I'm not talking about the heads. I'm talking about the puntas from the heart. Mm -hmm. So there are mm -hmm. segments inside the heart, also uh -huh. in." The, in the mezcal industry, in the agave industry, mm -hmm. not to say mezcal because we can get confused, but in the agave industry, there are segments inside the heart, which is a much more complex distillation. You know, when you are just going to grab the the puntas or the, the then or you you you're gonna use shishe, which mm. is the rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, it's also called the común or. When when you're talking about puntas, you're talking already about the heart, yeah, you know, okay. not the heads. The heads you discard always. It's the worst alcohols. It's the ones that get you blind. Mm. So you can die from that shit. Yeah. So, do people? I think I seem to remember somebody telling me that you don't necessarily throw away the cut the first time, but then some people use it during the second distillation too. The beginning. Yeah, or maybe the tails. No, the tails could be. Or maybe they ferment it. They, maybe they ferment. No, they don't ferment with it. Anyway, forget I, I it. I need to look this up it, because yeah, there's yeah, something to I'm, it. I'm not sure. Not now, really now we're getting away. in the antiquities of like um, probably some secrets of the uh, of the maestros as well. I can imagine, right? Yeah. So, we have the next drink. We have an El Tesoro de Don Felipe, seventy-five years. De Don Felipe. So we we went. We are going on a journey. So our first one was a blanco. The Herradura was a reposado, and now we're going a full anejo, right? Yes. Can you tell us anything else about the bottle? 
Sure. So this is, it's called the 75th anniversary edition. There's also a 70th anniversario edition, which is probably my very favorite, mm-hmm. uh, one of my very favorite tequilas. Um, so this has been aged 10 years in, I forget, I'd have to look at the label, what kind mm. of what kind of bottles or what kind of barrels. But yeah, so this is a salute from Carlos Camarena of the Tapatio and El Tesoro de Don Felipe family to mm-hmm. his father. They are yeah. amazing. I mean, Tapatio is also, that's like, if you see a bottle of Tapatio, just buy the bottle of Tapatio, you know, mm. don't hesitate. You're, you're, you're going to do a good thing to your soul. And, well, yeah, uh, and it's also a family-owned distillery. Exactly. They're, they're also family-owned. They, they do El Tesoro. They, they're also very respected family yeah. uh, in the tequila industry. Yeah. We talked about it with uh, Christian and the, and the people the, the depicted on the, on the label. The, uh, exactly. Ca- Caballero? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. 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 So there are two, I mean, Tapatio is Tapatio, El Tesoro is, ta- is El Tesoro. I mean, there are two different, just so everybody's clear, like on, si, si. on the phone, on El the radio. Tesoro, <laughs> si, si. El Tesoro and Felipe, yeah, 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 of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. of course, of course. It's, it, it's different. It, it's from Felipe Camarena, no? No, this is Carlos. El Tesoro de Don Felipe? So Don Felipe is the father. Okay. Carlos and Felipe are the sons. Okay. Felipe has G4. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. And Carlos has El Tesoro de Don Felipe. Yeah. Okay. And then um, uh, a sister, Lily, actually uh, has Tapatio. Okay. 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 Yeah. Good. So big, big tequila family. Huh? Oh my gosh. And G4 so big, is so also big. extraordinary, man. Yes. It, it, If yeah. you find a bottle of G4, also go get it. Yeah. <laughs> no, At they, my they house. Have amazing, exactly. <laughs> no, they have they have excellent. We don't tell anybody where your house is because you might get oh. broken into. You know? Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Next Bye time yours. I'll bring I'll some G, bring some G4. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, so this is 10 years. I mean, which it makes it like extra extra añejo or something like that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so it's made in the highlands, which um, I think both of the tequilas we had prior were from the valley, from the lowlands. Um, this is outside of... Correct. Uh, yeah. So In, in so, the highlands, the, 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 the plant is not autochthona. So how do you say that? The plant did not grow that there back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. They took the plant mm-hmm. because the scenario was quite good for, for, for the plant to grow. Okay. So they took the blue agave to the highlands. And nowadays, it's, it's a, such a beautiful region to produce, you know. They, they produce amazing, amazing expressions of tequila. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, the plants are, in general, I believe, a little bit smaller. They have a little bit more of a, I don't know, maybe a floral. They do, they do. Yeah, they them. do, they do. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's, what I would expect from see, mountains, you know, yeah, yeah. like you have to it's more bite floral. harder. Yeah, you have to, you cannot grow as big. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's yeah. more, more... Also, tequila is near near a volcano, mm. so you have these metallic, rocky flavors, and and the highlands, of course, it's more floral and fruity in general. I yeah, I would say that too. I would say that too, and I think it's good. Common, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's, it it would be something other people would agree upon. Yeah. Then distillation. Uh, yeah. You said blending. You did some blending. What else did you do? Well, I feel like while we're on the top of, of blending, we should talk about the, this, this expression because mm-hmm. I want to know what you two think of it. This one? Yes. Delicious. Yeah. It's delicious. It's delicious, yeah. It, the- It's, I, I, I feel more like in, I'm not an expert on whiskey at all, but I feel a bit more in whiskey world uh, with this. But what I, I, I taste, uh, there's an incredible smoothness 
which you often don't have in whiskey. Whiskey can hit you right in the face, I think. Uh, but you have also you have like an intense intensity in there. So so it's it's not so much the alcohol that you taste, but it's more like I don't know. It's it's the wood. Yeah, yeah. The wood intervenes a lot. Also, for me, the first one was more like a cognac. The herradura tasted more like a cognac, and the second one tastes more like a whiskey. Yeah, yeah. I find that. I mean, yeah. I mean, and this is what our palates associate aging yeah, with, course. you mm. know, so this is why we go to whiskey. Mm. Um, and I mean, obviously, but they're, it, they're it done in old whiskey barrels. So yeah, yeah. Thing. But it still has a Which very one? This one is done in whiskey taste. barrels? Yeah, just like, I mean, just like when you walk into any agave, um, yeah, aging facility, they're all old bourbon barrels. But this one is from whiskey barrels? That's what you were telling us? Yeah, I mean, it's the typical... No, no, but, okay, no, ah, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. no, no, see, see, I understand what you mean, but, okay, but bourbon or whiskey? Ah, excuse me, bourbon. Okay, 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 because when you said it, it was like, ah, okay, so th they made an experiment aging 10 years in a whiskey, so okay, okay, bourbon, okay. Mm. So, American white oak. Okay. But but it's still clearly agave to me. So sí, sí. yeah. That's so. what I wanted to say. So that's what I wanted to say. So I think Carlos is extremely gifted in this regard. I mean, all of their aged expressions to me still retain mm -hmm. the agave note. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I wanted to bring this one in because mm -hmm. I think I think it's important to know that you can have aged and very aged expressions that still, if they're blended masterfully. Good job. Good job, uh, Carlos. And thank you, Kate, for sharing with of us. Course. This is again we have a we have a wonderful learning experience. Uh, with, every time we talk to somebody, like my mind is blown. And uh, mm. <laughs> thank you for, for sharing this with us. Of course. Mm. There is the the film Agave Spirit of a Nation. Okay. That also features Graciela. Okay. Of Real Manero. See, sí, of course. And Carlos, mm -hmm. the two families. So, okay. which I know, I think, I think you can see it on Netflix. I think you can see it on the plane too if you fly Delta. Oh. So, okay. yeah, if you want to learn more about the Camarena family and as well. Oh, we have the Real Manero family? As well as the Real Manero family. We have to find that. Do it. That would be interesting to watch. Link, yeah, link, yeah, of yeah. course. And, and maybe give some. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting to watch. Mm. Yeah. To, yeah. To big producing families, I mean. Yeah. And serious, you know, not just yes. big producing. Serious families doing, yes, like good stuff. Yeah, I mean, they operate with integrity. All the mm. brands, see, si, see, si, all the brands si. that work with the bartender work program. We discussed it before. I mean, they're all family owned, retain, and they retain that integrity in the juice that they produce. Basically, so. basically, all the all the producers we have spoken to, like guys. They're not producers because Don Guillermo is not a producer, but he is a producer. In the end, mm -hmm. he's not the one measuring the alcohol or distilling, but he has produced his whole life. Or Cache, or basically all of them say, stick to family-owned yeah. distilleries. And, and, and there you're going you're gonna to be safe. You know, as a consumer, that's what they, they, they tell you. As a consumer, just Google which are family-owned distilleries and, and you'll be safe because they're they're going to be yeah. loving their product they, the they, product they're making they don't have the marketing power they they cannot scale by by exactly. by quantity exactly so it's a quality that they, they yeah. that makes them competitive right exactly well yeah and that's why they have programs like mm -hmm. the bartender work program or you know if you are not in the industry you can still go visit and they're totally transparent they want people to see what it can be and they have nothing to hide so and that's wonderful yeah, yeah, that they yeah. open their mm -hmm. th their doors to you. It means 
they mm. really have nothing to hide, you know? Yeah. Okay. We have been talking for a long time already, so uh, we should <laughs> yeah, yeah. slowly okay. wrap it up. Uh, okay. Right. Uh, um, well, what else can I tell you? Yeah, about the I was, program. Uh, yeah, I wanted I wanted to know basically. So, so after the blending, so that was day four or something like that. Yeah. What was day five? What so uh, day five. Good, oh, man, I was so tired by that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, that's right. So in the morning, we... So Fortaleza, they have the little piña stoppers. These are all made by hand um, just outside in a room, a separate room from the distillery, but on the same property. So we painted these for a while, which was not hard labor, which was good because I think that day we were just probably hung over and ready for rest. (laughs) Oh, and uh, yeah. And so then after that, actually, Christian from Agavera had recommended that we visit Caballito Cerrero. And that is in, is it Amatlan? Amatitan. Amatitan. Damn, yeah, yeah. I always mix them up. Yeah. So, yeah, which is on the way back to Guadalajara. And so Stefano had arranged for us to visit. So we drove and drove and drove and drove and drove out into the middle of nowhere to this magical beautiful ancient site have you ever been there yeah yeah to caballito yeah when oh, i was man. young that place blew my mind yeah it's amazing it the santa amazing. rita distillery is so beautiful it's like yeah yeah, yeah. there's old and yeah yeah there's something mystical down there yeah, yeah. when you breathe in the air you feel like and that's another brand that man alive the, oh, those guys. that's so good so good and that was i mean <laughs> i already knew that i really some liked. juice yeah. oh yeah i mean i knew that i loved their product but again like we were lucky because the father and son were there to show us around. And even though they weren't producing, it was still this really incredibly intense experience because the father spoke, I'm not even kidding you, like nonstop for an hour. And it was like an encyclopedia of tequila family history. It was like such a soap opera, Mm -hmm. like so-and-so married so-and-so and and then they cheated on so-and-so and and then (laughs) so-and-so took over from this and this person's nickname is The Wern because they operate underground. And (laughs) it was incredible. It was just another reminder of how about the impact of being, I mean, I'm a consumer, right? Mm. And so it was just another reminder of the profound impact that my choices as a consumer make. Yeah, because true. he was talking about the brands getting gobbled up and the pressure that that puts on smaller family-owned producers. And it sort of, it's one thing, again, to be aware of that intellectually speaking, yeah. but then to hear the person say it. Of course. When you're standing in yeah. their distillery. Yeah. And, 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 and a serious company, you know, that they... they that can produce much more than what they produce, mm. but because they stick to quality, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they're pushing the boundaries too. You know, they have agave distillates and they made something that... They always push the boundaries. Yeah, that exactly. family, they like pushing the boundaries. Yeah, they're awesome. So that was what we did Friday and then we had amazing carnitas on the way home. Really? And then, yeah. <laughs> in, in, did you stop in El Arenal in this restaurant with uh, archery? Yes. And like the, mountain, that the place, mountain, that place, like the mountain of meat. No, mom, is that place for real? That place makes me cry, man. Oh, <laughs> I used to, I, I used to go, I when, when, time see, the carnitas there are. Yeah. I took pero, a video. We can watch it later. <laughs> that place is one of the best. I, I, oh. I, I used to stop every time we went to Amatitan. I used to stop there, yes. have a Coca-Cola on the way there and on the way back. Because I was like seven years old, you know, and on the way back, stop for, for carnitas with my parents that uh, pff, what a place that they yeah. cook the carnitas there you know in the yeah. back those guys and then you see them bringing yeah no because that's an amazing day yeah seriously that was this whole <laughs> experience was so i was like whose life is this why see, am see, i so see, lucky see, to see, get see. this experience awesome it was so awesome, great. awesome awesome 
Yeah. Oh, no, I want carnitas. <laughs> yeah, me too. Let's, let's have carnitas for dinner. <laughs> okay. Thank you for... Kate, thank you very much, man, and uh, for telling you about this, uh, telling us about this experience, which and is awesome. Also, f for sharing this beautiful spirit with us. The so. spirits, yeah, the spirits. She gave me goosebumps when I just saw what she was. She, Kate, arrived with a suitcase of yeah. booze. You know, <laughs> I, I asked her, "Are you coming from the airport?" And she was like, "No, this no. is how I roll my booze." You know, <laughs> she arrived. I, I promise, there's a suitcase It's, here. So go big or uh, go home. She brought some amazing booze and. Uh, This conversation was lovely, man, or is lovely still. Uh, but thank you for sharing all this. I hope the the, the audience are as thrilled as yeah, you guys. Listening, we are. Yeah, send us some feedback. How you, if you would like to hear Kate again, if she, I bet she has more stories to tell than just the one. Um. By the way, Fiona was going to be here, but she had a rough day, I think. But Fiona was also invited, mm. and uh, we send a big. Ciao to Fiona. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If you're if you got sick or if you got stuck at work or I don't know Fiona, but we missed you today. Yeah. Fiona, I missed you today. <laughs> And yeah, again, no, Fiona was the perfect travel for all of this. She's such a hard worker and she also is non unapologetic about being a nerd. So Yeah. Awesome. Props. Awesome. So And thank you. I want to say thank you to the two of you for doing this podcast because there is a lot against the small producers. There's a lot against a consumer that wants to inform themselves. And I think this kind of content that you're producing is super important. So it's really just my pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you very you. much. We just love to see this as a way to educate ourselves. And uh, I think we learn more than... Yeah. <laughs> this is not supposed to be an educational program because not at all. We don't feel like we know a lot. I, Uh, that's important to say again and again and again. We don't feel like we know everything. Or The thing is, the little we know, we want to share. Whatever we know, big, small, whatever. Whatever we know, we want to share. But every time we have a, a guest, we learn. It's like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know this. I didn't know this. So, <laughs> so it's amazing. You know, you get, yeah. you get more and more culture just from listening and just having a chat and having some tequilas too. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh man, every time, I mean, every time I think about this trip and every time I think about a conversation that I have with somebody like the two of you or Esteban or Guillermo, Stefano, Kobe, shout out Stefano and Kobe for taking such good care of us while we were there. But yeah, these people, to sell, call them experts is not enough because like- Some of them, yes, I uh, agree. I, yeah, so, so yeah, so it's really humbling to know It just shows how little right. I know. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> it happens to everyone. I And say. when you talk to them, if if you call them an expert, they're like, no, 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 no. I'm not an expert. For us, they are giants, and we're just like little. We're standing on their shoulders, and and but they don't ex they don't see themselves. They're. I've only met humble people in this. Yes. In in this, and it's it's really it's really nice. So guys, yes. if you're listening, Elixir Podcast is our Twitter handle. We you can find our website at elixiroftheGodsPodcast.com. Um, you find our email address there, so get in touch with us. We also have an Instagram. Um, just look for Elixir. Elixir of the Gods. Elixir of the Gods or podcast or in some combination. You will find us there. Thank you for listening. Uh, recommend us to your little group of friends if you have people around that you think deserve to know more about agave maybe be a good starting point for them and uh, as always thanks for listening and also kate thank you thank you so much for yes, for sharing thank you. sharing being our guest yeah. tonight may i give some people to follow 
also. Yes. Yes. Nobody needs to follow me. But what I would suggest is if you don't already, um, you might be following Fortaleza, but everybody should follow Stefano Francavia. He has beautiful, beautiful photos, inspiring photos of the land and the people that are behind the brand. Um, there's a woman named Ashton Berry in the U.S. She, her, her handle on Instagram is the is Collectress, the Collectress. Um, she is an extraordinary voice in the industry for social justice. And she actually just did a really compelling uh, podcast about wine out of L.A. Um, that talked a lot about what we were talking about in terms mm-hmm. of the hands that go into the product and being aware of this. So I would just really suggest at least go follow those two. For sure. Those those will if you're already listening to this podcast, those two people will lead you further down the road you want to go. Awesome. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you, Kate. Albert. Bye-bye. Nice seeing you again. Yeah, nice seeing you again. <laughs> it doesn't happen this <laughs> open at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it took it took us a lot of uh, efforts yeah. to get this episode together uh, because of b- business and travel and everything. So I'm very the happy. Season and the season. I'm glad we it made it happen. happen. Yeah. Ciao everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Ciao.